Good morning, guys. Thank you so very much for being here on The Drop. Welcome to a very special episode of Kiwi33, hashtag Book of Killian, on YouTube and also on Twitch. So we're going to get, if I can get rid of this commercial, haha. <laughs> Uh, we're going to be dropping into the Laura Eisenhower interview along with uh, someone by the name of Elena Danan. Now, um, I'm just going to give a quick little edification as to who Laura Eisenhower is. Good morning, Chrissy. Thanks for being here. Good to see you. So let's drop right in. Um, good morning, Sandra. Good to see you. All right. So I hope I spelled that right, Eisenhower. Yep. All right. So um, President Eisenhower was uh, President of the United States of America. I'm going to get the exact date. Bear with me here. I think I spelled that right. Hey, man, I'm getting better at typing. That's pretty good. So uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower, um, also known as uh, David, sorry, Dwight David Ike Eisenhower, was an American president and soldier who served as the 34th president of the United States of America from 1953 to 1961. During World War II, he became a five-star general in the, in the Army and served as Supreme Commander of the Allied, oh, sorry, the Allied expeditionary force in Europe, which is amazing. So um, what we have today is, uh, as I said, an interview with Laura Eisenhower, and she's actually interviewing uh, someone by the name of Elena Denon. Now, um, Laura Eisenhower is the great-granddaughter of uh, President Eisenhower. And uh, without further ado, let's drop right in. And of course, I'll be providing my little two cents as we roll. Hey everybody, it's Laura Eisenhower. I'm joined today by a very, very special guest. Her name is Elena Donnan. And it just ended up being a very spontaneous thing because she reached out to me with an email and I was just like, whoa, and started to look into her more. So I just first want to thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much for inviting me. This is such a privilege and a pleasure. Oh, thank you. Um, before I tell you a bit about her, I want to remind everybody I have a online event this coming Saturday, which is the 19th at 12 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. So that's actually this Saturday, uh, December 19th. Okay, so you can totally get it this Saturday if you want to check her out. And I'm going to be answering questions. It's going to be a Q&A, and I'm going to put the link in the description. And uh, so that's 1 p.m. Mountain Time, and it's a Q&A. You can ask me anything about uh, a lot of the research and work that I've put out there and also about uh, the December 21st date is going to fall before then and uh, I can really go into great detail. It's three hours long so I hope you guys will join me and that's hosted by Portal to Ascension. Um, yeah and make sure you check out my website too. I sell a lot of products there that are really good to have during these times. CosmicGaia.org. You can look under the products thing and I just want to throw that out there. Um, but yes, Elena, Amazing. So, I mean, she does all sorts of things, but she's got an incredible story. She's written a book about, um, she does 5D coaching, spiritual guidance. Um, 
and so I just want to quickly interject and kind of give you guys the perfect the preface to everything. Um, so the first two parts um, that I or not the first two parts, but the prior two part episode um, show that I air that I uh, uploaded prior uh, with Sergeant Horton explain kind of what's happening on a 3d level uh what's happened in the past with our cash and how that's been used and how we've been kind of put into the system um and it's identified um you know the fact that, that this this battle that's occurring this war world war three if you will is a very much a battle of good versus evil god versus the devil so within that two-part uh, series, we were able to identify the fact that, you know, this thing is like a satanic uh, movement and you have people, you know, dark forces who are attempting to do one thing while you have good forces who are attempting to do good stuff. So the purpose of this um, series that I'm, I'm doing with, uh, with, Laura, uh, with Laura Eisenhower is to just edify the fact that things are happening on a 3D level, but also we can appreciate what's happening on a 5D level with the good forces, if you will, uh, the Light Force Federation, as you've heard about prior, um, and how this all interacts. Now, there's going to be a lot of connections that uh, I kind of help to make with pictures and stuff, so I hope that you guys will be with us probably going to take uh i think about three or four parts to get through but we will get through it be super exciting hope you guys will be with us let's go she's like a druidess and uh, a shaman and a channeler and a light worker starseed mission uh type thing but her story um she's been able to put into a book called a gift from the stars and she'll tell us all about that and it's a true story of an abduction and a rescue by benevolent extraterrestrials um, that she uh, has has experienced in her life. And she also um, has a strong connection with Valiant Thor, and we're gonna talk about that. She sent me an email sharing some things about Valiant Thor and Eisenhower. Um, so, and so, so many things have piqued my curiosity. Real quick, this dude right here on the right side up here at the top is Valiant Thor, okay? And this, Laura's going to go into the story and everything, but Valiant Thor is the dude that landed here um, in the 50s that met with Eisenhower, and these are the f three other folk that he came with, all right? And interest, and it's just such a pleasure to meet you. And yeah, maybe we could just start with uh, this experience that this book is about. You, you had an abduction take place when you were a kid with the greys, these are more hostile type beings, and then you got rescued by Palladians, right? Yes, yes, that's what happened to me, yes. Um, I was nine years old, and um, I... Okay, and again, you guys have heard about me talk about the Palladians, Starseeds, things like that before. So this is all about the Light Force Federation, and then we've got the 3D connection through Laura Eisenhower and her grandfather. So we're gonna tie this all together. I already had uh, psychic abilities. I could see a lot of things. Um, but so I saw this UFO with my, my granny at the, the window and uh, a big orange bright UFO hovering above the house. And um, the next thing I remember is uh, going to bed and waking up the following morning blood all over the place in the bed and markings on my inside of my arms and uh, with uh, belly bleeding and it was quite traumatic so this 
stayed as um, a trauma in my life and um, I had many other contacts with Nordic aliens throughout the years, but it was uh, quite difficult to to accept it because I was a child. And so when I want uh, recently, recently two years ago, um, I underwent my process of awakening and it was the moment I chose to know everything about my abductions. And so I required the help of a quantum hypnotherapist. And through these sessions, uh, everything, all my memory came back, but not only, it allowed me to reconnect with my protectors. So what happened really is that um, the night I saw this UFO, uh, this ship, um, the same night I was taken uh, abducted by small greys. Um, they they beamed this blue ray of light through the roof in my bedroom and took me in it. And what is absolutely uh, mind-blowing is that when you are in this beam, uh, it's like you shift density because you go through walls, buildings, material. It's quite disturbing. Then I was in this this ship and uh, well I describe all the details in my in my, in my book but not to to lose too much time um, I was it was freezing cold and the air was quite thin and um, to breathe and I was put on the table a metallic table and these uh, these greys um, removed my clothes suddenly I had no clothes no my my nightgown was gone and um, I was paralyzed. I was totally paralyzed. I, the moment I was in the beam, I started to be numb and I could still move a little bit. And I understood what they did to me. They put straps on my my wrist and in the straps there was were tiny little needles uh, and these needles um, were I'd injected a product that um, paralyzed totally my nervous system. So uh, and that's the markings I had on the following morning in my in my inside of my wrist. So they did uh, terrible things to me. Um, they inserted an implant in my head, on the back of my head, um, that was horribly painful. Although because although I couldn't move, it was very weird. I could feel pain. And they inserted as well something in my belly, and that which I couldn't see. Uh, and they just did that. And at that moment, um, they were like kind of robots, like they were synthetic life forms. I learned after that. And uh, a live uh, gray came in and uh, asked them. I think it seemed like he felt he was asking them telepathically to hurry up. And I was, I could feel the tension growing and um, suddenly there was a big, uh, the whole ship shook, like trembled and was like, oh, and it was super scary to me. And um, this, the ship was, I understood afterwards that the ship was um, attacked by another ship and uh, whose people beamed on board 
uh, and uh, there was an explosion the, the, the door exploded um, in the meantime this grey being the alive one uh, were hurrying the other ones to undo my, my straps and um, they wanted to bring me back they didn't have the time uh, two tall men in spacesuit came in uh, they rushed in and it was super scary because I was nine I was very young and uh, already what was happening was quite traumatic but then seeing this scene of violence was even more traumatic these two men came in and they had um, they had oblong like phasers <laughs> they shoot at the, the the creatures and what was interesting was that they they shot the three the, the three synthetic life forms but the alive the living one one of the the men he strangled him to death there was kind of uh, anger something he, he, it was really horrible to so see. the 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 people that entered you said with spacesuits were they like palladium were they human yes yeah yes yes i learned afterwards they were pleiadians um and so one of them the one who strangled the guy the gray uh he he took me in his arms and they rushed in the other room and it was very weird because all i could see was his helmet his the, the glass I couldn't really see his face, but there was the reflection of lights. So we changed room, and suddenly there was this big um, tingling, tinkling, tickling on all my body, and I think we beamed aboard their ship. There was a big flash of light, like a vortex that spun, and <clears throat> we suddenly the first thing I, I, I remember, I noticed it was warmer and light and i was in this other ship and there was other there were two other um, nordic people plus the two men working the first my first vision was a lady with blonde hair short short blonde hair like straight and cut like this wearing a blue uh, skin tight uniform be very beautiful with big green eyes um she helped the man to to lay me down on a s sort of couch and uh, the my savior he took his helmet off and his spacesuit top and he wore the same blue uniform underneath and he put his jacket on me uh because I was naked and I was cold and um, so um, they were speaking telepathically but sometimes they were speaking half in a language as well that I couldn't understand um, of course the other man as well removed his spacesuit and he had long beautiful blonde hair my savior had um, cur wavy blonde hair and um, the lady she lived the jacket and I think she had a cloth or a sponge. She um, cleansed my, my, my legs. That's where I saw that there was blood. And I started to 
feel warmer and be less and less paralyzed. But it took time. Um, they then uh, they couldn't remove the implant. It was the way in my head, the way it was put. Uh, I learned after that if they had removed it, they could have hurt me or damaged my brain because it was in such a place. So they didn't remove it. I still have it now as I speak. But what they did is they retuned this implant to their own frequency. They, they hijacked it. They just burnt it. And they, they, they so suddenly I was understanding them talking because tuning them to that frequency, I could hear them talking and understand what they were saying. And um, they, I, I slept, they put me to sleep to regenerate. And when I woke up, I was feeling well and in all possession of my body and I could sit and always had, I had this warm jacket on me, which was enormous. And the first thing I saw was the two men sat on armchairs back to me and there was a big, big screen and on the screen, I could see the cur curvature of the earth. And curvature of earth. I didn't know at the time it was the earth. That this was beautiful. I think I understood pretty much that they were bringing me home. <clears throat> and uh, my savior came. He sat beside me, and uh, he, he, he spoke to me, and I could understand uh, what he was saying, and. Uh, he said that they were part of a big organization that I learned later was a, a galactic federation and that uh, he was from the Pleiades and um, that they are rescuing people, especially children. They are working like mad to rescue children that are being abducted and that they were going to, to bring me home and that he explained to me what he did with the implant. And uh, so he put his hand on my head and I fell asleep. I lost consciousness and I woke up in my bed. And the next thing is that I was, I woke up in my bed in the morning. The ble bleedings had, uh, were on again and I had blood all over my bed, markings, triangular markings in my, my inside of my wrist and a horrible headache. And it was panic. Uh, the doctor came and he couldn't find out anything. I was too too young to have my period. It was just traumatic. So they they they, they brought me in the hospital, where I stayed two months. And two months. They, you stayed for how long? Two months. Two months. Two months. Yes. That's crazy. Months. Why so long? Okay. Because well, okay. yeah, because because they wanted to be, do tests on me, many tests, and I was because my headaches wouldn't stop. Uh, they were doing scans and, um, uh, you know, encephalogram, electroencephalograms and scans, and um, they couldn't find anything, anything, anything in my head. Of course, because this implant is interdimensional, so it's transdimensional, so it's in another density that's not, um, you cannot see it with the instruments of is our that, density. That's like so cool. Is that what they're called? Um, I wouldn't call it ethereal. Uh, I, I would call it um, a technology, but in a higher density. Hmm. Um, so it, it's like I mean, 
it has it is an, in another dimension density you know um, i can't uh, i don't know how to describe it um but it's not detectable by um on a th on the 3d level our instruments yeah, scanner. So, so, so That's you got it tuned, though, to the frequency of the Pleiadians, but the minute you got back home, it, it's like everything kind of, that kind of fell away? Or did you, did you have more contact with either group? Yes, yes, yes. They contact me regularly. Uh, I thought I was dreaming. Um, I was seeing the same person, uh, this man with wavy hair, in my dreams. He was talking to me. And one day I, I could remember clearly what he was saying, that they were here to protect me and I needed to stay on this planet because I had chosen to be here because I had a mission. And I remember I was saying, no, I want to go back with you. I want to go back. And they were saying, no, no, you chose, you have to understand that you chose this mission and you have to stay until you accomplished it. My grandmother told me that she was hearing me every night, praying to the stars and my window was open. I was saying, please come back, come back and bring me home. And, um, so I couldn't understand why this, at the time. And I was completely obsessed by the Pleiades, the constellation. And I, at that, that time, I wanted to become an astronomer because anything, every cell of my body wanted to be there, not here. One night, I woke up in the middle of the night. I was, uh, I think, maybe 14. And this blonde lady was in my bedroom. It was very shocking. She was there. And she showed the, the, the wall to me, and the wall became a screen. And in the screen, she showed me stuff. She showed me a big pyramid and people queuing to go to this pyramid as if this pyramid was a portal. And there were spaceships coming and taking the people somewhere else, like saving them. And then she showed me like a flight, like if I was a bird flying above a landscape. And it was twilight, maybe night. It was in a desert area and there were buildings, like military buildings in the desert. And I could really focus. And she was drawing my attention to a hangar in that desert. And it was a valley that was uh, perfectly clear until this day. And she said to me, you you need to contact, she gave me the name of a person. And, um, and I realized later, re recently, as I just put my nose back into it, that this aerial view was Area 51. Whoa. Exactly. That's dope. And I still don't know to this day um, why I needed to contact this person. Uh, they told because I asked they told me at the time he could have helped you understand things um, So that was it and another time as well. Um, I was taken again on board the ship. I was 16 um, In full afternoon full afternoon the ray of light and I was inside the ship suddenly and they were the same 
Nordic Pleiadian people and they 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 left me my memory for that time and they they gave me they showed me on the table there was kind of a holographic uh, map with lines and, and circles in three dimension and of the it was the map of the stars like star star map and they were showing me um, positions of civilizations and that has, was imprinted in my mind they beamed me back and I my first reflex was to grab a map I had astrological map on paper and glue stickers wherever I could remember the civilizations were and write on the map all the names I couldn't find the name of the stars that I had in my head and then blank poof. suddenly I I realized something that that this was important and my I, I, I got scared I got scared and I fold the map and I hid it recently when I decided to undergo hypnosis last year hypnosis. Uh, oh. sorry oh just in case people didn't quite catch what you said you said hypnosis yes hypnosis yes uh, last year at the same time I received a parcel from my mother in France uh, and she said oh I was going through your old stuff and I found this and that was the map huh. so I have it and I in the meantime I had been in contact with my protectors and I asked him my protector I asked him could you help me complete it and he did huh. and I published it in my book so it's oh, available for for everyone because that's you know when you receive gift you always have to share them that's my you know well at the moment he was they were okay with that of course and that's when we decide to to give information to to people and the then we decide to because he was telling me about all these races and I started to note everything and we decided to do a book because I'm an artist so I could draw them the visions he was giving me of these races and that's how the book came this book is not only my story but as well a guide uh, of alien races that are visiting earth and where they live and uh, that's um, that's a gift. I, I call the book a gift from the stars, but um, that's a gift for everyone. Um, so this implant was activated sometimes. I could feel sometimes I, one day I was in college and this really activated. I felt a big pain, like if someone was putting a nail in my head and I fell on my knee really in pain and it went like click. And I heard his voice for the first time in my head. The, and the protector, the, the yes. His name is Thorhan. That's his name, Thorhan. And uh, he said to me in my language, do not worry, we are just uh, making a test, making test, tuning and making test, a test. Oh, and 
I saw his face in my in my head. So it was, they were tuning the implants to to start to communicate again with me. But they didn't really do it because I was very emotional, and you know, admitting their existence and that these weren't dreams, that me beaming aboard the ship wasn't me being crazy. Admitting all this was true, was also admitting that the greys had done horrible things on me and my subconscious was, no. Uh, I'm going to give a massive shout out. Hi guys, I'm still here. <laughs> I was actually quiet, pretty proud of myself. I never can sit still, I always have stuff to say. Um, so there's a movie that I watched when I was younger called, oops, called Fire in the Sky. Blinky de blink blink. Uh, this came out in 1993, so yeah, I was probably around like probably 13, 13, 14 when I watched it. I probably shouldn't have, but I did. Um, this movie is is crazy. Um, if you do have the opportunity to watch it, uh, get it, uh, whatever. Um, and you're into aliens. Now, this is kind of a, it's classified as biography, drama, fantasy. Um, it borderlines on like, I wouldn't say horror, but it's it isn't exactly fun. Um, if you do have the opportunity to check in, check into it, uh, or to look at it definitely peek it it'll give you an insight um as to how the small grays operate during like abductions and things like that um and but but the she's referring to any anything with the negative portion i just kind of like where with the where where i'm at mentally with this entire thing is that these dudes right here the small grays these are the these are the bad guys Right, and I'm, we're going to get into into more of it and how um, later. But these are the small grays. This is what she's referring to. These are not not good guys. Small gray aliens um, with the big heads. All right, and then the Palladians are these guys. Um, it's from Pleiades, which comes from the constellation in Taurus's eye. Um, planet called or Pleiades. Uh, which is in the constellation, uh, the Seven Sisters. All right, so just a little bit of background information, just a little bit of building, fill in all of uh, these missing pieces. And I uh, want to give a shout out to 741th. I don't even know how to say it, but welcome to the stream. Uh, great seeing you in the chat. Super awesome to uh, interact with you. Thanks for being here. Okay, let's get back to those guys. And I had PTSD all my life. I, I couldn't go to the dentist. It was it's 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 been quite, quite um, traumatic. And when my awakening process just happened, I was ready. And uh, they came back um, after years and years after maybe twenty years of no contact, because I need to go process of my life. I was working in Egypt as an archaeologist. It was very hard. Came back to France, my, my country, and um, then moved to Ireland, where I live now. And one night in 2018, Excuse I went me. outside and I saw two spaceships crossing the sky and playing 
with each other, going here, like if they wanted me to see to see them, and shooting shooting above the sea. So awesome. The f on the following day, there it's gone. It's it's called the Shannon incident. Uh, it's been on all the newspaper. Plane pilots have seen them. There's recordings anyway. Um, this night they took me again. Uh, this night it was um, like meeting old friends. Oh, look at her smile. A Twenty year gap, right? So yes, so yes. good. Meeting old friends and uh, catching up. And and you were you said an archaeologist in Egypt. I just want to make yes. sure you heard that. Yes, yep. yes, I'm an archaeologist. That is my profession. Um, uh, before I became a light worker After in Egypt, working, um, I have been working as an archaeologist all my life. Yes. Hmm. Okay, so keep going. So, so it's, it was like a so reunion. Yeah. Love, yes, Laura. 2018, November. Bless your heart, Laura, for doing this. My God. We are back because something very important is going to happen. To happen for Earth. What What year was this? 2018. 2018, November 2018. Okay. Literally two years ago. Uh, we are back because something very important is going to happen for Earth. And uh, so every time I hear, I, I start shaking at this part. Very excited. It was in a positive way that they say that. Very excited. Something's going to happen for <laughs> Earth. We are back. This kind of energy. So and, good. Um, they're very, the Pleiadians are very sizzling and very hyper energy. It's like buzzing all the time. They're like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you have to keep up with them. <laughs> They're like, um, and uh, then um, there was another person who was with them, and that—that's um, another part of my life as well. Thorhan, my my protector, said to me, um, "Now there is someone that you haven't seen for a long time. Wants to meet you again." Didn't know what he meant. He stepped back. Him and the lady, uh, they stepped back, they, and behind, from the corner of the ship, came a tall gray being. But he wasn't gray, he was, had a brown skin, it looked like a tall gray, but he had brown skin and beautiful indigo eyes with clear blue, uh, blue pupils in the center. And this being was radiating so much love and high spiritual energy, so much love. And it was like if I knew him for, from always, and it was like family, it was so weird. But they said you knew him, right? Yes, and very weirdly, I saw myself going towards him. I know what I did, I hugged him. <laughs> oh my God, I couldn't control myself. I hugged him and, oh, and I remember his cheek was cold. That was weird. And he said, my name is Anax, and um, I am very glad to see you again, my child. What the hell was that? You know, um, and then Thorhan said, okay, now we need to bring you back, but we'll be present in your life very soon. Wait for it. So the, I felt dizzy and I felt surrounded by blue light and I was in my bedroom again uh, and then my my awakening just started just at that that moment I fell really in the dark night of the soul I everything I knew just okay and pause this real quick 
Dark Knight of the Soul. Um, yeah, this is so I've. Uh, I want to talk about this real quick. In a sidebar, um, so if you guys know about Dark Knight of the Soul, um, it's something that occurs when it just kind of happens. It's a natural transition, and Dark Knight of the Soul is something that happens when you are you literally get to the point when you're ready to face your ego, like full on, like you're ready to look at it, be like, "Hey, I see you. I know what you're about." And when from and again, I'm only going at this from my perspective. If I misunderstand this, then I apologize profusely. I can only speak from the experience of myself to kind of just put it out there for consumption purposes. But um, it's something I experienced earlier in this year. I think it was like April, where you actually and the only way I can possibly like kind of summate everything and saying is that it's a time where you cross over from you know i talk about the left brain to the right brain and how the ego is kind of the gatekeeper if you will of the left brain and right brain and how we interact with that so um dark night of the soul is um well i'll read the textbook definition of it um uh, well, I don't know if it's a definition or if it's a writing. I'm just going to look this up and see what it says. But uh, Dark Night of the Soul is a poem written in the 16th century, Spanish mystic, the author himself, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'll read a, a stanza out of it uh, just to give you some background. In an obscure night, Fevered with love's anxiety, O oh, hapless, happy plight, I went, none seeing me, forth from my house where all things quiet be. Um, when I read that, and based on you know what I experienced and and going through it, is it's a time when you literally withdraw, you go within, um, and you start kind of looking at things and analyzing things and asking questions and it's really a time when you break like you literally break down to nothing like i and i'm i'm gonna be like 100 percent open and, and completely transparent with you guys like i was lying on my floor crying um from you know with this whole dark night of the soul and it wasn't crying from you know pain or crying it was just an emotional it was just a letdown it was just a natural thing that happened um so anyways, sorry, I sidebar too much, but the dark night of the soul is something that has to do with, again, when you're ready to full on look at yourself, look at your ego and literally ready to make that transition and that crossover and move into a better place of understanding. Laughs vanished and it was like horrible, you know, well, everyone who went through this know what I'm talking about. And slowly, slowly, I went out of it realized who i was and i what well, that i was more spiritual and more magical than i, than I thought things were starting to activate hmm. and that's when i i, I started to to want to do this um, hypnosis find a hy hypnotherapist i find found a lady who specialized in alien abductees and star seeds so i went with her and she changed my life because she brought back all my memory. But in my memory, I reconnected openly with Thorhan. And 
the implant now was really activated and that's what he was waiting for that I made the extra step myself and I did it and I accepted it and I was ready to know the truth and that's when then he told me I rescued you because and the, the memories of the, the abductions by the grace just unfolded and a whole story and uh, I was ready I was ready then the following day of the, the first hypnosis session I heard his voice in my head so just to put into context she just said I rescued you and what they're referring to is the moment when she was on the ship with the small greys and the Palladians attacked the ship and they rescued her and I realized I was connected with him and I could talk by telepathy and that that's how it started that's how suddenly I had daily contact with him but as well I realized with the other one the, the tall grey as well and the lady as well. I went, wow, I can speak with them. And they taught me how to activate the implant. Um, and I start to do channelings as well. So now that's why I'm doing um, channelings for, for, for people. I'm channeling, channeling them uh, once a week now. And that is how um, I got to be connected to Valiant Thor. That's the story I'm going to talk about. Oh, um, yeah. Before we go there. Um... Okay, so they're going to be talking about Valiant Thor. Um, I won't go into the pictures and stuff now. Um, yeah, no, I'm getting excited now. Sorry. <laughs> so just to make sure, okay, when you came back, yes, you were in the hospital for two months, um, I, I kind of jumped into another question and I'm not sure if you were able to finish the thought of what what was it that got you out of the hospital? What what was it because of your relationship with these higher beings that they were able to kind of heal you and help you deal with those headaches, or what 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 sort of got you out of the hospital and being tested and all the headaches? They they got me out when they found an explanation that they in fact they invented because uh, I was given hormones and the pill and they provoked uh, my period. And once they could explain, uh, like, with denial that the bleeding at the start was due to preparing my period, you know, they, 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 they tried to find uh, an explanation. And uh, so, and then they went, okay, she'll be fine, out. But never, uh, yeah, my, my headaches came down slowly, slowly. And uh, that was the, the implant because it was very... It's been very hard, invasive. The, the, the way they, the the place they put it, the way they did it, and then the Pleiadians trying to trigger it, to remove it. No, no, it's reattune it. Okay, I mean, my head was like jam. <laughs> oh man! And then uh, <clears throat> after the hospital, what, when was the first you you, you visited with uh, Thor Han again? But then there was that twenty-year gap. Right, you, you you had another visitation before that big gap, or, or was it after yes. the hospital there was that gap? Yes, I had three visitations, uh, one with the lady and two with him. And the two visitations, I was on board the ship. 
And um, I remember as well when I was on board the ship, um, they showed me uh, how to pilot it. I did. I couldn't touch anything. I wasn't allowed to touch anything. <laughs> but they allowed me to sit in the chair. And uh, because Thoran was a pilot, um, and he showed me, and he explained to me. And recently, I asked him again when we were doing this book that he explained to me in more details how it was really working. So there are different ways of piloting a ship and uh, they can pilot by consciousness, by merging their uh, frequency with the frequency of the ship. They can do it mechanically. It depends, it depends. Uh, there are so okay. many um, formations. Nice. I've heard about this before well, where you can, where um, I think there was a, a ship uh, that was recovered and the um the team that had recovered it made the note that it seemed to only work when consciousness was uh was active within it like the user of the ship it would just connect to their consciousness and it the ship would just work it's definitely shift gears because um oh this is so actually I'm so, uh, oh man i, I realize i'm i was more of a an alien fan when i was a kid than i realized Flight of the Navigator. You guys remember this one? Of the Navigator. Navigator. If you guys remember Flight of the Navigator. I can't re believe I just remembered this. Holy crap. 1986, yo. Jeez, man. So Flight of the Navigator was the same deal, right? This kid would sit. He found the ship. He would sit inside of the ship, and it would connect to his consciousness. Like he... Anyways. <laughs> This has been an amazing experience to do this with you guys. Thanks for being here to hang out. Um, about what we just talked about, but just because uh, for a timing thing, we can always do more. Uh, you mentioned that you had met Valiant Thor two weeks ago on the orbital ship where your friend Thor Han is working, and the encounter was quite striking. So take us into that and some of the communications that, that have taken place. Yes. So as I was starting to do the channelings, um, People were asking me, oh, uh, could you connect to Valiant Thor? And I barely heard that name before. And I said, well, I don't know. So I asked Thorhan, do you know this guy? Is he real? And he said, oh, yes, he's real. I don't know, no way. Uh, so he said, um, I, can, I can get a, you, a contact with you if you want. I went, oh, my God. <laughs> so he said, um, he's, um, he's a commander, and uh, he's um, living on an outpost of the Federation uh, on Venus and he said I'm going to put a request and see if he answers and it took like maybe a month and there wasn't any answer and Thoran said to me well maybe we give up because um, I know he's been a bit traumatized by being on on earth um, and uh, maybe that's it maybe he doesn't want to do anything have to do anything with uh, earthlings Terrans as they call it us and um recently two two weeks ago two weeks ago thorhan said hey he replied and uh no he said first he said he contacted me telepathically um and um he said um oh i have a surprise for you do you want to come up uh and i went uh what's the surprise no no he said oh he said someone you wanted to meet is here on board the station and I, I went, oh my God, I think I, I get it. Um, okay, so the thing is, um, 
he beamed me up, but the way he did it, it's, it beamed, so um, it's, it's like dematerialization and rematerializing up there. It's like quantum, like poom poom. It's not being by a beam, you know, it's just disappearing in one place Instant. and disappearing in the other one. Teleportation. And Torhan was with these two guys. So um, it's a little smaller than him because it's not the same race. And Torhan is, is an Ahel Pleiadian, tall, blonde beings with big, wide eyes. And they're quite tall. And um, these two other ones, these two guys, were like, like me, brown hair, uh, brown eyes. Um, you couldn't. Uh, tell they were aliens if they were on Earth in a crowd. They couldn't. And so he introduced me to this guy, and I knew it was Valiant, Valiant Thor, and I just knew it. And so, and uh, he said, he said, um, how did he say that in English? And it's funny because he was talking, he spoke, his lips were moving, but in the same time, I could hear his voice in my head. Um, he said, "Nice, uh, very nice to meet you, Elena. My name is Commander Val Thor." And Thor. I liquefied. Uh, his aura was very, very radiant, and he was so calm. Shook my hands um, very nicely, and the other guy was with him. He said, "This is my brother, Don." Um, Guy was like him, a little bit taller, brown hair. And uh, he said, let us go and sit and talk. I was like, is it really happening to me? Uh, what? <laughs> so we're, we went to another room. It was filled with light. And there was a bit of a depression and round curved seats. And we sat there. And Torhan was putting his hand in my back just to ground me. And, um, and uh, so he said that he didn't reply straight away because he's working a lot and he didn't pay attention and he was on earth. So the, what, what came in this conversation was that um, he came in, um, Okay, he came in 1954, but he came a few times before already. And he was... Okay. I'm going to hold it here for part one. <laughs> I know, as I say, cliffhanger. Um, a good sign of a good magician always leaves his audience wanting more. Uh, well, 38 minutes. You know what they say, 3 plus 8 equals 11. Now, uh, I just want to, again, give you guys some background as to where we are and where we're heading to. Um, so this is the dude here, okay, Valiant Thor, um, that she's referring to and speaking with. Now, what had happened was back in the 50s, Valiant Thor, which is over here, this guy right here on the right, came to Earth with these three other folks. Now, Obviously, like anybody could show up and be like, hey, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But what made these guys super special was Valiant Thor, Mr. Val right here, did not have a belly button. 
and he did not have fingerprints. So that tells you that he wasn't, how does it work? He wasn't, he didn't have an umbilical cord, obviously, because he had no belly button, right? And no fingerprints. Whoa. And then these three folks all had belly buttons, but they didn't have any fingerprints. Okay. So from here, you guys are going to hear about, uh, in the next part, you guys are going to hear about Eisenhower and how he interacted with Val and what went on in the next, in the coming days um, after his visit. But for now, for today, uh, that concludes part one. I'll be back. I'm going to upload part one today to YouTube for 6 p.m. or 6 p.m. Eastern Eastern share. Uh, part two will be uploaded tomorrow at 6 p.m. as well. And then we'll go from there. I'll be back this afternoon with my regular news share at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard. I hope you guys are having an awesome day, and I will hopefully see you guys later. Well, I will definitely be here 4 p.m. Hope you guys will join me this afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern. Have a wonderful day, guys, and thank you so very much for being here for another episode of Hashtag Book of Killian on YouTube and, oh my gosh, on YouTube and BitChute and also... Uh, Kiwi33 on Twitch. Thanks, guys. Have an awesome day. Take care.